Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin. Hello everybody, it's Darren. Welcome to another episode of Bitcoin Roundtable. I'm here with Vince and Libby. We were just getting into a conversation about driverless cars. Vince, I think you should repeat the story you just told us about your excursion to Toronto. A very, very interesting thing happened to me about a couple months ago. I got into a little fender bender a few weeks before down in Toronto and my car had to go into the shop to get work done. My insurance gave me a 2018 Honda CRV. It had that technology where the car will stop for you. I happened to be back in Toronto for work and I was driving down the road. For whatever reason, I wasn't paying attention or the car in front of me suddenly break, but the car stopped. It was a very surreal moment for me because I didn't touch the brake, I didn't stop the car, but it stopped and prevented me from hitting the car in front of me. I was thoroughly impressed by the technology. The reason we got into this conversation was we were talking about driverless cars. There was a incident this week in the news in regards to uh, Uber and the self-driving car that they are testing. There was a young woman who was killed. So I had a couple of questions that Darren and I were discussing. I would imagine that car had the exact same technology, if not better, than what I had. Now, to be clear, the car that killed the pedestrian yes. was a Uber driverless car. With a driver in it. In the pedestrian. The way the article read was that she was walking her bike across the road, not at a designated crosswalk. So I'm guessing she just looked or didn't look and just went out, started crossing the road with her bike, and the car came by and she was uh, she was hit. I'm wondering, like, did that car not have enough time to stop? Did it happen so quickly? Because mine happened quickly. I, I remember the incident and it happened very quickly. I must also state that we were barely moving. I'm going to say we might have been doing 30, 35 kilometers, kilometers an hour. Yeah, so... Which is like 15, 20 miles an hour. Right, so barely moving. Yeah, maybe there just wasn't any time for that car to stop. But they did say it had a driver behind the wheel and even the driver didn't have time to react. Shame, too bad, you know. But you're saying it's now affecting the transition of Uber cars into driverless cars. Oh, yeah, because they were going to launch very, very soon the whole concept of hitting the roads with their driverless cars and definitely sent them all back to the uh, drawing board, for lack of a better word, to mm -hmm. figure out, you know, why there hasn't been any more information released. And is Uber one of the companies that takes Bitcoin? Uh, well, could possibly. I do not believe they do right now, no. Mm. Uh, all Ubers are done through credit card transactions. It makes sense, the model. Because you just pay on your phone, don't you? So it would be straightforward. Yeah, it'd be easy. The whole Uber experience, it is fantastic. Have you ever used it? No. Oh, it's... Well, I don't go anywhere, Vince. I, I have used Uber quite a bit and love it. But what I don't love about it is nobody waits for anything anymore. Let's just say you're over the age of 40. And everybody remembers calling a cab. And in particular, you remember, you know, you're sitting around, you're with a bunch of people, and you have to call a cab. So you get on your phone, you call a cab, you mix a couple more drinks, the cab company tells you it'll be anywhere from 20 minutes to a half an hour. When you go onto your Uber app on your phone, you can see how many cars are right around you, how close they are, and how soon an Uber will be at your door. And I'm telling you, it has never taken any longer than three minutes. Wow. So if you want an Uber and you don't normally use Uber, have your coat on, have your shoes on, be by the door. 
But it's really caused people to become very impatient. Oh, when it's not three minutes, they get When it's worse. not three minutes, they get, and they write in about it. Mm-hmm. I had to wait nine minutes for my Uber driver. Oh my gosh. I remember but, waiting three hours for cabs. The concept of Uber is fantastic. It yeah. really is. And just tell everyone yeah. what the concept is of Uber, just in case they don't know. Well, it's basically you getting a ride. From it's, anyone, right? Well, not from anyone. In order to be, you don't have to be registered to use it, but an Uber driver has to be registered. Mm. Uber drivers have to go through background checks. You don't have a criminal record. You can't have a car that is older than six years. It has to have a. You have to have a special safety on your car. Even if you have a brand new car, you still have to go to a garage with that brand new car and get it safety and you have to get a certificate now is that specific to canada that is all i know about canada but i do believe it is the same in the u.s and there's issues with insurance well actually with insurance they cover you up to five million dollars right over and on top of what you have myself i'm carrying two million dollar liability because i am on the roads just signing up with uber and being accepted you get that additional five million coverage and there's a whole other group of issues that come about if you ever were to get into any kind of a real serious accident and have a bunch of people in your car who you're driving around talking about lawsuits and the other interesting thing that i was looking at with uber is they thought when they brought uber in it would take the number of cars off the road in fact, it's been proven that it's actually increased the number of cars on the road. Because people want to be Uber drivers. Because there's so many people out there who are driving part-time for Uber. Yeah. And you can drive part-time for Uber. It's as simple as if I'm going downtown Toronto and I have a meeting at 1 o'clock and I come up my meeting a half hour later and I don't have another meeting until 3, I can touch my Uber app, pick up four or five rides, turn the app off, and go to my meeting and make 10, 20, 30, 40, $50, depending on. Right. So that's actually increased the number of people who are now choosing to go on the road. You're going to pick up groceries, Libby, and you, you got your grocery, but you got a couple hours to kill. You got to wait for the kids, wait for your husband, wait for whatever. Now you can just flip on your Uber app, make yourself a little bit of money. It's a good model. Interesting fact, an awful lot of women find Uber very safe. That's going to be my next question, funnily enough. As a woman, you always question the cab you're going to get into. Yes. Always. Yeah. I saw a female-only Uber-type company. Could be. So women drive women. Yeah, you know, and, and that's just another safety factor for women, right? It's it's nice that you brought your perspective into it like that because, for me, it's not something that goes through my head. But I do know from listening to a lot of women talk about Uber is they really prefer Uber to cabs. When you call for an Uber and I accept your call, you know you get a picture of me, you get my name, Mm -hmm. you get my license plate number, you know I've went through a background check. Sure, there could be the odd, wild circumstance, but as far as the safety aspects Mm -hmm. goes, it's probably safer than taking a cab. Now... I don't want to offend any cab drivers out there because I don't know if they go through background checks or not. I would think they might have to these days. I'm just thinking about the UK. Like black cab drivers, I believe, are employed well, that's by the almost, government. That's almost a high-level profession, though. Well, a, yeah, so I would think uh, they would. The issue in London, I mean, I would never, for a million pounds, get in a minicab by myself. Or It's just a regular car. Yeah. 
they have like the little cab thing on the top. Sure. Or independent business. Type yeah. Things. Is it, is it back then, to the safety aspect is the, why you wouldn't do it? Absolutely. Yeah. I would certainly hop in a black cab. I guess there were a lot of horror stories about mini cab drivers mm. and I just would never have done it. Ever, mm. And I never did unless I was with someone else. Well, from what I hear, Uber is a great way to go. Bitcoin is just a little above uh, 8900 right now. That's a dip. It's a little dip from last week. I believe down about 1200 from last week. That's right. Seven, seven something there for a while. Right. Who knows? Not bad news for Bitcoin by any means. We, we knew this was happening. We've been talking about this happening and we just need some time. And there's um, still lots of negative press. Always going to be negative <laughs> press. The, the the press want to scare us. They sure do. It seems to be working, and that's probably why the price is going down a little bit and going back up and going down. It's just the volatility of it. I was also reading last night about Facebook and Google stopping ads, which I had direct experience because I wanted to run ad on Facebook, and I got a very rude message from Facebook saying I couldn't because I was a charlatan. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was surprised. I was just going to run the ad. It was only like four bucks. Right. It's for a podcast. I'm not, you know, trying to what exactly, solicit business. What exactly did they say to you? Oh, I can't remember because it was when we first started. Mm -hmm. But just basically said, there's no way in hell we're running this. Well, <clears throat> excuse me, old man, starting to talk here. <clears throat> what you have to understand, though, about Facebook is the same thing about Twitter and even Google. If you've been following uh, Twitter over the last couple months, especially the, some of the big crypto um, Twitter handles, such as, I think I'm pronouncing his name properly, Vitalik Buterin, one of the creators of uh, Ethereum. Some of the big exchanges like Binance and uh, COS. You know, anybody who, some, who has a significant amount of followings when it comes to cryptocurrency, and by cryptocurrency I mean Bitcoin, Ethereum, and any other electronic, fairly new currency that's out there. Any one of the 1,500 that are out there now? And Binance is a great example where uh, Binance is a huge exchange. They have a lot of members that buy and sell Bitcoin and various cryptocurrencies. And someone always tries to hack them once in a while. The owner of Binance, I can't remember his name right now. But a young guy, smart guy, but he sends out a tweet saying, oh, you know, there was a hack attempt, but luckily uh, it's all locked down. There was no problems. And then right below that tweet, there will be a, a, a fake Twitter account, almost with the same name of the same Twitter handle in the, the picture of the fellow. And they say, oh, by the way, you know, because of this, we're going to give away 300 free Bitcoin. Just send us a one tenth of a Bitcoin and... Within an hour, we'll send you back a full Bitcoin. And someone did it with Ethereum with Vitalik under Vitalik's... It's not Vitalik that's doing it. It's somebody pretending to be him, only it, it's disguised so well. People believe it's him. They say, oh, I got all this Ethereum. I'm going to give away 300 Ethereum. So send me a fifth of an Ethereum, and then I'll have your Ethereum address, and I'll write back, I'll send you five Ethereum mm. for the first 50 people. And I was on Reddit, and some guy's like, yeah, look at this scam. I checked the account, and within, like, two hours, this scam tweet got $30,000 worth of Ethereum in their account. Wow. These are scams. They're not going to send you back more Ethereum than when, when you sent them. It's basically somebody just ripping you off. It was happening huge on Twitter. I mean, huge. Like, all over the place and also these twitter guys they have bots and so all of a sudden yeah. right right below that tweet you have 
a whole bunch of other people tweeting saying, oh, yeah, I did it. Oh, thanks so much. And it's so mm. great. And, yeah. and thousands of likes makes it look like it's a huge thing. And, yeah. and people are sending their money. They're just getting ripped off. So Twitter is starting to uh, ban this stuff. You're seeing this retaliation from Facebook and Google really because it's so rampant. Neither Facebook nor Google, I'm saying this seriously, they do not have the resources to vet these. They don't have enough time or human resources to determine whether or not your post or advertisement is legit or not. Because there's just so much out there. So it's easy to just eliminate it all then. And so what they're doing, and the scams were getting huge on Facebook and in Bitcoin, uh, in Google... Like, if you Google Bitcoin, every ad that was running was out there, take your money. There was so little legitimacy across the board, so full of scammers. It's disgusting to say that, but it's true. Unfortunately, the people that mean well are having a podcast about Bitcoin and all that stuff, and hopefully it's fun and people enjoy it. But we get caught up in the mess, and it's nothing to get pissed off about. They can't control the scammers. It's out of control, so they're just banning everybody. And to be honest with you, I'd, I'm okay with it. Well, it sounds like they're actually helping an awful lot of people out and saving people from their own ignorance is really what it sounds like they're doing. Yeah, but I'll tell you, man, it, it, when I was on Twitter, it, I wasn't going to send them money by any means, but I remember reading the first one thinking, wow, good for good for Vitalik, you know, just giving away free Ethereum. And then <laughs> and then I started looking at it, I'm like, oh, okay, well, there's like next level scamming out there. Oh, sure. You really have to be aware of. Of course, the number one rule is if it sounds too good to be true. Yep. It is. You have to really be careful. That beeper starts going off in the back of your head. Think about it. If you're going to send virtual currency somewhere, then you don't know really who you're sending it to, but it's... It sounds like a really great deal. Take a breather, really think about it, and maybe just even go on Reddit or, or talk to a friend and like... Yeah, but if you don't do it right now and be the top 200 people, you don't get to yeah, take advantage. That's the first real indication that it's a scam. Yes. If it's a time-sensitive issue, beware. Keep in mind, a lot of people have lost a lot of money just, just from that. Nobody, nobody gives anything for free. Or maybe the good thing eventually, in a way, is that with most cryptocurrencies, you can track where where the money goes. So say you sent $100 in Ethereum, saying, oh, I'm going to send this guy $100 because he promises to send me $1,000 back worth of Ethereum within an hour, right? So you send off 100 bucks in Ethereum. All of a sudden, you wake up the next morning and nothing showed up. And you're kind of sad. But what you can do is you could literally go online and check out the guy's wallet. Sure, but that doesn't help you get your money back. Not yet, but you know, all of a sudden you realize there's 150,000 in there that wasn't in there a day before. So you can literally see how much money the right. guy scammed off somebody, and then you can watch where he moves it to, or she. And so you could literally say, "Oh, there's my my hundred dollars in Ethereum in there," and he just sent it all over to this address, which happens to be the address for a exchange or somewhere. And then you know, all of a sudden. It, it goes away and it winds up in some other wallet. Like You can follow it. And one of the interesting things about this is that some of the scams have been caught by this. Binance is very active in this sector because they're a huge exchange and they're getting next level 
cool when it comes to dealing with scammers. If they know it's coming from a scam account and it gets deposited, they'll accept the deposit and then lock it so they can't get it out or, or trade it. Oh, that's cool. Well, not too long ago, they call it a pump and dump. I think it was via coin. There was some cryptocurrency that was thinly traded. What happened was over a span of a couple months, some not very nice people used whatever type of phishing or malware hacks to gain access to the APIs that some people use when they're trading on Binance. And an API is basically a hook. So I can run software on my computer that will hook into Binance and then if a certain coin hits a certain amount of value, then I can trigger a seller buy order. But that's basically what an API that I'm describing for Binance does. It allows you to trade actively using your computer on Binance. If I didn't have an API, which I don't, then I just basically watch the chart and put in an order and say, tell them when to buy or sell if I want to. But Anyways, they gained access to a whole bunch of APIs. On a certain second of a certain day, they all executed an order from all these hacked APIs to buy via coin. So all of a sudden, hundreds, maybe even thousands of all these hacked accounts in Binance all put in big buy orders for a coin. And of course, the hackers owned the via coin. So it went through the roof. I think these hackers were selling via coin at a massively inflated rate, making a huge amount of money off it from hacked users' accounts. So all the hacked users basically bought a coin that was worth very little for a huge amount of money. The hackers, once it was over, very quickly, within I think 10, 10 or 20 seconds, they sold the via coin for Bitcoin and then tried to transfer the Bitcoin out of the exchange, which happened to be Binance. Binance, they have active security software. When, when something's happening that's beyond normal for Binance standards, they lock w- withdrawals. So the guy or group of people couldn't get their Bitcoin out. They got locked on the withdrawal. And then Binance found out what they did. All the users with the hacked APIs got their accounts reset. They got their money back. And then the person who uh, tried to transfer out the Bitcoin and who also legitimately owned the via coin before he hacked the accounts and then sold it, they basically seized his account. He's got no money. So. so they do have some security on the back end to try and prevent fraud. Then. Yeah, like it's, yeah, it's, that's re- good. it's a real shot in the arm like for confidence and like... Sure. You know, some of these high-end exchanges, like they are dealing with a lot of money, and they're doing their due diligence. Well, they're protecting their reputation. People are getting protected, yeah. right? I thought it was a real interesting story. Hmm. I guess initially the story was to just be careful out there. Like we say, there's no free lunch. Yeah. But know that because of virtual currencies, some of these currencies are very traceable. Even if you do get scammed, somebody may be looking out for you. To Not that you can count on that. There's been some interesting stories that way. And there's also a coin out there called Bounty. Bounty is literally the, the payment coin for a bounty program. So if something happens, and a good example would be that somebody stole $5 million in Ethereum from some account. If you're the owner of that, you could literally go to Bounty and post like a quarter million dollar bounty that you'd pay out to the person that that finds that Ethereum and leads to charges and recovery. And that's happening a lot now. Even the little scams, Bounty doesn't really care about the size of the scam, but you know, the fact that 
even if oh you know I could make five thousand if I if I'm really good at online sleuthing when it comes to crypto coins or anything else if I find who actually took this money I'll get paid five grand bounty coin one thing I did find interesting last week I think I read somewhere the Mount Gox hack yeah and that was in japan yeah the bitcoins that were effectively stolen somebody found that it was held in a corporation in england but i thought it was really cool that you could literally find it like you could track it to that degree now they've opened up some investigations i don't know legally or not but someone's looking into why it's there how they acquired it it's good and bad that comes with it monero is another cryptocurrency that you could compare it somewhat to bitcoin and with the exception that it's a privacy coin meaning that it's not traceable the concern with bitcoin yet also the positive with bitcoin is the fact that it's a completely you can open, it. it's an open online ledger. And yes. so you can see where the Bitcoins go. The good thing about that is you know, if you get your Bitcoin stolen, you, you have some hope of some type of recovery, I guess. Whereas if it comes to Monero, that doesn't exist at all. You get Monero stolen from you, it's gone. Well, you're not really gonna be able to trace to any degree where your specific Monero went. Mm-hmm. Maybe it went to a specific wallet, but the positive side of it, or negative, depending on how you view it. Give you an example. If I buy Bitcoin off an exchange, say I buy a fifth of a Bitcoin, but it turns out that a tenth of that Bitcoin was actually stolen from somebody maybe three months before. And if somebody traces it down, then is it really my Bitcoin or do they get it back? And then who takes the loss? What you really could have in in some cases, I'm not saying this is de facto, but from, from my interpretation, what you could run into is the fact that you may own Bitcoin gained lawfully yet was earlier acquired as proceeds of a crime in which case i think under u.s law they could seize it yes and then it's gone well that's the same as cash right even if you thought you were obtaining something lawfully and it turned out to be illegal there is no ignorance in it you do lose it yes but the thing with cash is it's not as easy to track Right, because with Bitcoin, all you do is open up the ledger, and yeah. you and you you could literally watch the Bitcoin walk through the addresses, and then there it is. But under that scenario, if you did did buy two Bitcoin and you found out that one of those Bitcoins was stolen, with the ledger, they could dig and dig and dig and dig and eventually find out. Well, exactly. Right. That's, that's the downside of it, because if you own it, all of a sudden you don't own it, and you don't get anything out of it. It's gone. With Monero, there's you don't have that problem because if you own the Monero, it's not nobody's gonna come at you and say, "Well, you own the Monero, although you paid properly for it three months earlier, it was used as proceeds of a crime, therefore we're taking it back because it's not traceable, so they don't know that. Right, right. So that's the upside to Monero. Mm-hmm. The downside to Monero is. If you happen to get your Monero stolen from you, adios. You're not gonna find it. It's yep. gone. Your Monero's gone. Other cryptocurrencies that have some levels of privacy, I believe, is that cash is one. And there's all types of things like that. But it's really interesting when you start to delve into it and start to look at the implications, mm-hmm. positive and negative, of these cryptocurrencies. I find it just completely enthralling. 
to look hmm. into this stuff. But it's very interesting. Well, the other thing we were talking about Uber earlier too, and what I really find interesting about the whole driverless car thing, there's so much scrutiny over a driverless car, and it needs to be that way. There's no other way to say it. It has to be so deeply scrutinized. From my perspective, you'll always only ever hear negative press about a driverless car. Well, if it's doing everything right, it's not generating any news. Right. Good example is your experience in Toronto. Right. Where it's probably save yourself from a significant fender bender. Yeah, absolutely. Just through the car itself. Just through the technology that's been around for a while. Right. Oh, yes. And I think as far as driverless cars go, you and I differ quite a bit on driverless cars. Would you rather walk out in front of a car that's being driven by a person or a car that's being driven without a person? Today, a person. Really? Yes. You'd rather jump out in the middle of the highway? Well, why am I jumping out now? <laughs> well, because you're either going to die or you're not. Like, if the car hits you, you're dead. If the car doesn't hit you, you're not dead. Uh, wow. Oh, it's a drastic example. I, well, st- no, no, but that's what I'm saying, right? I, well, I, I'm, I'm still going to take the car being driven by human. Oh, you would, eh? But today, I would. Even if they're texting or something, you don't know Well, that. sure, I don't know that. A lot of people do not concentrate Sure, but an awful awful lot of computers fail. Now, that'd be an interesting experiment, like the Mythbusters. I don't know how you could set it up. But I don't think you'd ever get anybody to do that. No, well, you wouldn't actually put a person out there, but put like a a crash test dummy. Throw a dummy out there? Like instantly, just have a pop-up 50 yards away from the car. They must do those trials. Oh, I'm a firm believer that once the driverless technology comes full circle it could possibly be better than the human driven oh wow you have a lot of faith in people no i don't have a lot of faith in people like i have a lot of negative faith in a computer driving my car Ah. and that could have a lot to do with my age too right i'm pretty sure if you ask the average 20 year old they would absolutely disagree with me and i understand that well, I'll, I'll qualify my challenge saying that I would not want to walk out in the middle of a highway, whether it be uh, in front of a car, whether it be driven by a person or just have no driver at all, It'd be driverless. But if I had to make a choice, I would actually stand out in front of a driverless car that's going 100 kilometers an hour versus a, a car driven well, yeah, by a person. I, I agree, totally. I think human error has a lot to answer for, particularly when it comes to driving. Computers make mistakes. Humans make a so do computers. And, and, yeah, but computers aren't distracted. Computers aren't distracted by texting, by eating, drinking, well, radio, and, and, things in the and car, he, the weather. He, the here's my next problem that I have with all of this. So, so when this driverless car hits and kills you, who's at fault? Uh, well, that's when I hit and kill you, then. I'm at fault. Especially if it proved to be my fault, but. Who is at fault? Well, Who then do we blame? We, do we blame a great big giant multi-billion dollar corporation who has lawyers and insurance for this and nobody, nothing is ever done? Okay, here's a scenario. Somebody does have to all be of sudden, accountable. All of a sudden, all the vehicles out there are driverless and there are, out of 100 pedestrian fatalities a year, there are now only 13 pedestrian fatalities a year because of driverless cars. Yeah, so they've improved it. Have we gained? We've definitely gained. We've definitely gained. Of course we have. 
yet your issue is now who's at fault? Well, it's not my issue who is at fault. I'm more than willing to be proven wrong on this. If you prove to me that driverless cars are safer than human-driven cars, I'll say okay. I'll trust the stats. Now, there are no real stats. Care about that? Yeah, there must be stats. I think there's a lot of stats out there now. But there's not that many driverless cars on the road. I've never no, seen testing, one. Testing results, right? Oh, testing under perfect circumstances. Well, no, they probably want absolutely no perfect circumstances. I mean, of course they do testing. I'm not against driverless car technology. <laughs> you just need to prove to me that it's better. Is LA? No, it's LA. They're talking about going underneath LA. And oh, yeah. this, oh, this may be total bother. See, I thought of that idea when I was a kid, but... Oh, well, so did the creators of Wally. Yeah. You know, they're, they're going to build, build underneath LA yeah. some kind of train that your, your car goes down and it... Well, the node-based high-speed travel system in a vacuum. Right, yeah. there you go. They're, yeah. So, Absolutely. Anyway, That's going to happen. I think By it's... the way... It's definitely going to happen. Oh, no, I know. And I and I support it. Like, I, it concerns me driving, the number of people that are distracted, and it concerns me that kids have absolutely no understanding about the unaccountability when it comes to texting and driving. No, she's, she, talking, no. she's talking about human error. Uh, distraction is massive. And distraction is-, is massive, but let's just take the fact that you have a car driven by a human that is not distracted. They're not on their phone. They're not on the radio. They're just driving their car like sure, people that do. that would be perfect. But like people do. Situation. But that's not true. Most people, and the, the stats on distracted drivers are absolutely horrible. They're, yes. The number of people that are on their phones, clearly. I think, I think, I think. So you're assuming what, perfect conditions. Yeah. Well, what I'm assuming, and I think a lot of my thinking behind this goes to the point where I have control issues. I would have a very, very hard time getting into a car that I can't drive. Do you get into trains, planes, buses? Yeah, but I don't have the option of driving. But them. you don't like it. You give it. You give it to me. <laughs> you, don't like it? you give it to me. I would take it. You'd rather fly You'd the rather plane. Fly, really? You'd rather yeah. fly the plane? Yeah. Yeah. You'd rather be in the co-pilot. Yeah, seat. this is a whole other issue. <laughs> it is. Well, it, it's a it, whole it, other episode. Maybe it is, but I have a control issue when it comes to vehicles. I don't like it when other people drive. Dare I say, you really have to start to realize. That very quickly, once driverless cars come around, that goes away. You'd be too busy reading the paper or doing something else. Looking after your kids. You could literally work, right? That's why I think it's amazing. I couldn't. Yeah, it's, you, no, no, yeah, you, yeah, like, I could. Like I'd you, be staring out the window, wondering. Do you do that when you're on a train? It'd be the same thing. But yeah, but you have to give up control. We never had the option of driving the train. It'd be the same thing as on. You the train. never go. No, it's, it would. It would. It yeah. absolutely would. Yeah, you just don't see it yet. But I'm. I, I could be wrong. I don't know. It's just. A oh, hey, the way technology is going, you are right, and I am probably wrong. You're just gonna be like that rich guy in the '70s movie that's in the back of the Mercedes. He's like reading the paper, smoking a cigar, having a whiskey while someone else drives. It's going to be like that all, all the time. But it's not somebody else driving. It's Think the, about it. It's you, a computer driving my car. Yeah, but you could have a beer, right? You, you <laughs> could, oh, yeah, going to go visit the parents. Two-hour drive. Oh, let's crack a beer. Let's bring some scotch. Who cares? What? Because your driverless car is a car driven by a computer within that car, correct? Yeah. For lack of a better understanding of it. What happens when people decide that they're going to start sending viruses to these cars and crashing them and speeding them? 
Well, why? It happens. We're talking about cryptocurrencies. We talk about viruses all the time. We talk about scams. What happens when this starts happening and cars are running into each other in the buildings and because someone decided to put a virus in your driverless car? Or all of a sudden you, you, put, you punch in to go to Toronto and it decides to take you to none of it? Well, I think it takes you to Winnipeg. I'm not worried about showing up the wrong location. I'm worried about showing up there alive. Oh my gosh. Did you see the uh, ski lift accident in Georgia? No, that was awful. What happened? Vince, you don't want to see that. Yeah, it's uh, talk about something going wrong. Yikes. Was was it human error or was it computer error? Oh, I don't know. The ski lift, it started speeding up. Really fast, going backwards. And then like the yeah going backwards but then it's got the hanging chairs right and so at the end they're just like they're whipping around backwards flinging people off and then the the things are breaking into a pile people are falling into the pile and more chairs are whipping in on top of them the worst injury was a broken hand which i find absolutely yeah wow no i didn't see that i was watching there's people rushing up the hill yeah because people are going down the hill backwards and just trying to jump. And so there's people rushing up the hill saying, jump yeah. now. And some of them jump and then some of them didn't. And then, yeah. Like a whip. I saw it posted on Facebook and it, it absolutely didn't seem real. It almost Yeah, I did. Seemed, I, didn't I, I, I thought this is, you know, it's some kind of fabrication. It's CGI. Almost bordering on the sort of humorous. I thought this is this is a weird dark sure. comedy. Because, yeah. you know, there's literally people flying off. And yeah. I'm driving to collect the kids. And it was on CBC. I was yeah. like, oh my God. But, and I met my friend. I'm like, oh my God, did you hear about I saw this. I didn't think yeah. it was real. But that was an example of technology breakdown, right? I don't know what happened, Vince. Well, I'm pretty know. sure it wasn't a, a human left. that made it do that. It's well, a left. But, <laughs> good. Okay. Christ, yeah, but you know what? People will die. Like, and there it, will be accidents. At what point have we gotten to, and how incredibly fucking lazy have we gotten that? We can't drive our own car. No, but it's seriously, when you look at it, the science is called actuarial science. It's literally when they assess the the cost of human lives. Driverless cars reduce the loss of human life through accidents. I can't buy that. It's a better world. They haven't been around long enough to test that. I don't buy that theory whatsoever. It hasn't been around long enough. You put every car on the road driverless for you know, a year, and then show me the stats, then I will believe yeah, it. Yeah, okay, but I mean, you know, they got to start somewhere, and I think there's already stats hey, that are really prove my point. So many other things we could be working on other than driverless cars. I just don't see it. To me, it's so apparent that it'd be driving it'd be is a not hell of, lo- of life. Driving is not hell. Driving is very You don't dangerous. know. You In your experience, it's not. I drive more than probably most people out there. Driving is not hell. What are you, so, what are you so angry about? Well, I'm, I'm angry that people like want driverless cars. And you're going well, off the rails. Well, presumably no, you'll, you'll be able to still drive your car. You don't have to buy a driverless car. So you can buy a driverless car, and I suspect the insurance will probably be like a quarter of what it would be than compared to like if you wanted to drive so, yourself. So therefore, I'll be forced. Yeah. So I'll have to sit there and read my paper and pray and hope to God the car doesn't take a shit and I don't die. Or or just get a bicycle. I used to cycle everywhere. I don't know. I think best, That was the best way of traveling around. I think there's a lot of other things we should be working on, other driverless cars. but Yeah, but all of a sudden traffic jams are gone. Why are traffic jams gone because of driverless cars? 
Because they all work with each other. Because no one's going to slow down a rubberneck? Life will get a lot easier when it all goes driverless cars. You'll get to where you want to go and it'll get you there. In fact, things start to go better, they might double the speed limits. If there's no accidents. Right now, I just, uh, I don't see the need. In the year, we should have this discussion again and we'll talk about it. Love to. See where we're at. Episode 60. I would love to see a driverless car on the road. Uh, Haven't seen one. Never seen one. Well, we live in semi-rural Ontario. I spent the last two years in Toronto. I never saw one. See, I want to set up a fake steering wheel and, like, tape the dog's hands to the steering wheel. (laughs) (laughs) Go down the highway. (laughs) What fun you could have for a little while. Right. And like I said, it's it's two (laughs) factors. It's my age and my control factor is what it is for me. And I'm a bit of a control freak. We're ornery old bastards. Yes, we are. And I apologize to all you millennials out there, 20-somethings who are probably laughing at us old men. But Yeah, I am laughing at you. I know. I even even got an old man laughing at me over here. (laughs) All right. Oh, I think we're done. Yeah. Okay, well, we'd like to thank everybody for coming out, and uh, yeah, why don't you come on and uh, we'd like to hear your opinion on driverless cars. Yeah. Please. Um, maybe how do people give us their opinion? Where do they need to go? Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Bitcoin Bit- Roundtable. Or Tubble. On Twitter, it's Bitcoin Roundtable, T-B-L. All right, okay. Yes. All right. Well, there you go, everybody. May so, the coins forever fall in your favor. Have a good night. Good night. Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin.